Hello once again. Welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, your host for the show, and this is episode number 82. Uh, we have covered so many topics recently. Uh, we always go back and forth between technology and people. Uh, that's really the balance that we try to strike with this podcast. So, um, you know, if you like that mix as much as we do, then I definitely encourage you to go back and look through the archives. We have so much great material. And I can tell you that even though we've been doing this for pretty much three years at this point, uh, most of the material we've recorded is actually still relevant today. There's very little that's kind of aged out at this point. Uh, but we are back today and focused on technology. We've made some super important announcements recently as Cisco, and obviously Meraki as part of Cisco, and we want to share that story with you today. So that's the purpose of our episode. Before we get any further, though, I do want to remind you that we run this podcast every couple of weeks. And your participation is hugely welcome as we think about these episodes and we look at guests for those episodes. So if you have an idea for an episode you'd like us to do, or if you would even like to be on the podcast yourself, I would hugely encourage you to reach out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Meraki Simon. And that is the easiest way to get a message straight through to me wherever you are. And we'll see what we can do. Uh, definitely welcome, even if it's just feedback telling us how much you love the show or what you'd like us to improve. Uh, everything is welcome. Okay, so bring it right back to today. Let's get into episode number 82. And as I said, we've got some exciting stuff we want to share with you. Uh, recent announcements that we made at Cisco Live. This is our huge global event we run in three locations around the world. Here in the US is the really big one, but we also run these in Europe and also in Australia, down under. Uh, so if you're in the vicinity of any of those, um, always want to encourage you to look at Cisco Live. It's an amazing event. If you're working in this industry, it's a fantastic way to meet with your peers uh, and just to get inspired with some fresh ideas about how you can help your organization go forward in the world of technology. Okay, so let's get into the specifics. I would like to welcome my guest. I'm really excited to welcome, I think for the first time on the podcast. Am I correct about this? I will be corrected in a moment if I've got it wrong. It's Joe Aranow. Hey, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Is it the first time? It is. It is the first time I've been on this. I'm excited. It's amazing. Um, I, I can't believe it's taken this long to get you on here because, you know, you and I have worked together for a number of years at this point. I don't even know how many. It's kind of scary. Uh, but uh, it's really great to have you along. So, um, Joe, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I'm, I think the listeners are going to want to hear who, who they're hearing about today, hearing from today. So what have you done at Meraki? What have you done previously? You know, tell us a bit about yourself. Absolutely. I actually came to Cisco as part of the Meraki acquisition. Uh, so I've been with Cisco for just under 10 years now. Um, and I was a customer. I was actually a network engineer at a hosted software company that most of the folks listening have never heard of. So I won't bother getting into that. Mm -hmm. But we were uh, acquiring a company that was trialing Meraki access points. This was back in the days of the MR14, I believe it was. Wow. Um, and I was responsible for testing out this stuff because the the uh, IT director for the company we were acquiring said, you have to try this. Like we're, we're playing with this new Meraki stuff. It's really cool. They've got this cloud dashboard. You got to try it out. And so my boss said, hey, can you play around with this? See if it's something we want to use. And I fell in love with the technology. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, quick shout out to the Meraki support team. I called Meraki support and I was so impressed with the experience that I got from the support team that it actually made me reach out and say, hey, I, I want to be part of this. Um, 
So I came to work at then Meraki just, just prior to the acquisition and worked on the MX product for a couple of years as part of the product management team, um, moved over to product marketing, worked with you, Simon, for a couple mm-hmm. of years over there, and then came back to product. And for the last several years, uh, I've been involved pretty heavily in basically anything that that we're doing that crosses the boundaries of the Meraki team and the broader Cisco team. So things that we're doing with the Catalyst teams, with the security teams, with other groups within Cisco. Right. And for the past nine months or so, I have been focused on this uh, this big project around what we call cloud management and cloud monitoring for Catalyst, which is what I'm excited to talk about today. And that's what we're here to demystify. And and as with everything else in our industry, there is a bit of jargon. We're going to do our best to keep it to an absolute minimum. But, uh, you know, hang in there, folks, because I think this is all going to make perfectly good sense. Um, what a story as well. I mean, 10 years and and uh, the time has just flown by. I think both you and I are kind of vintage, <laughs> vintage Meraki. Uh, in fact, you can't see this, of course, listeners, but uh, Joe is, in fact, wearing a uh, vintage Meraki T-shirt today. Uh, there are many Meraki T-shirts out there. And, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's been quite a journey. And, you know, I think what we want to do is just refresh a little bit of our memories around the journey that Meraki came on, because I think that sets a little bit of a context for our discussion. You know, the the power of the management interface that we have and the strength that that's brought to us. So, Joe, give us your thoughts around, you know, let's just go back and do a little history lesson. Uh, tell us all about this thing called the Meraki dashboard. I'm guessing most people listening know what it is, but, you know, what's special about it? I think... To your point, to go back into the history a little bit, I think that the most interesting thing for me as someone who came from you know the network management and network engineering world is that the Meraki dashboard was really, in my opinion, the, the first kind of platform play in the IT industry that put the emphasis more on management as opposed to functionality, hmm. right? Acknowledging that functionality is important, but that management is just as important, if not more so. And I think that it, I'm a little bit biased here, but I like to think that you know, the Meraki team was a huge part of that shift we've seen in the past, you know, 15 years or so in the industry of having more of the emphasis be on usability, be on management, be on user experience, right. because it was really the first time that any IT company had come out and said, we're going to focus on experience as the primary thing, right? Simplicity of experience is the most important thing. It's not one of 20. It is the most important thing. And so I think over time, you know, that the Meraki dashboard, as we started in wireless and then expanded it out to all these other technologies that we have today, mm-hmm. not even just in the network stack, but out into IoT and, and cameras and, you know, endpoint management, all these things, we brought that, that mindset of simplicity first to those different technologies. And I think that's one of the reasons we've seen the reaction that we've seen over the years to Meraki that organizations really appreciate being able to leverage that simplicity across different, you know, different parts of their IT ecosystem. Um, and of course, when we were acquired by Cisco, you know, now about 10 years ago, it gave us an enormous opportunity that we've been, you know, slowly but surely capitalizing on ever since to bring together that simplicity mindset and the, the tools that the Meraki engineering team has built around simple network management in the cloud mm-hmm. with the other technologies that Cisco brings to bear, whether it's networking, security, or, or any of the other things that Cisco does, because obviously we've got a ton of different technology areas that we work on yep. here at Cisco. Yeah, and and I mean, one of the things that's popped into my head as you say that is when I think about the, the sort of history of Cisco, and I've probably said this a hundred times on this podcast by now, uh, you know, we I always thought of Cisco as the kind of gold standard of networking, every single feature, every single uh, level of granularity that you might need to go to with your network management. And of course, that was a complex world. 
that was created as a result of that because you're adding features and features and features to satisfy every customer's possible permutation of, of requirement, which is fantastic. But of course, there's a price to pay for, for doing that. And, and so, you know, network engineers going back 10, 15 years, it probably isn't even that different today, but it's definitely was more so, I think, in the past where there was this addiction to just knowing everything and and going on training courses and and really spending a lot of time getting deep into uh, the command line interface that, that's, uh, of course, famous from Cisco, the iOS uh, operating system. Um, but of course, as we say, then, then there's a barrier there that others have to jump over. And so basically at Meraki, we just took a different approach, right? Yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting. You know, at Cisco, we're in kind of a not a unique position, but a particular position that not every vendor is in, where we need to be able to serve every use case, mm-hmm. right? It, it, Cisco, we we don't want to ever have to say sorry, we don't we don't support that. Right. We don't have a product for right. that. Good point. Right? The way that you do one thing versus another may be different, right? The technology or the management system you use might be different, but Cisco has a solution mm-hmm. is sort of the, the general principle that we like to um, like to approach things with. And so marrying that to this idea, this very fundamental Meraki idea of like, don't do everything, mm. right? Do most of the things and do them very well and do them very simply, but be willing to say, sorry, we don't do that. It's a very different mindset. And I think a lot of what we've done over the last several years as we work across the teams is finding the right balance of those two mindsets to be able to to help our customers, you know, as they move forward into kind of the next generation of IT. You're, again, you're reminding me of uh, bits and pieces from the past. I'm thinking about the Pareto principle. It's something that we uh, we talked about quite a bit at Meraki, right? This this concept that where we are, you know, eight, we're we're focusing really on satisfying 80% of customers with 80% of the capabilities. That that are out there, and um, you know that gets you a long way. But but of course, it doesn't get you all the way to that magic hundred percent. Okay, so I I think what I'd love to do now is just think about uh, maybe just revising a little bit around the the Cisco uh, perspective on all of this, because Cisco chose to make this acquisition. They 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 made this decision. So at some point, a light bulb went off somewhere that uh, that, that things were changing. And uh, and that it was time to to start looking at a different approach. So, you know, what's your perspective when you reflect on the Cisco history of it all? Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, right? Cisco has an incredibly rich history and an incredibly well-respected brand in a variety of technologies. But arguably, Catalyst is the single, mm-hmm. you know, biggest brand that Cisco has in terms of just name recognition. Like it is almost synonymous with enterprise switching. Um, which is, is really an incredible thing. And I think one of the most interesting things I remember when the acquisition news came out, there were a lot of people like friends of mine in the industry and, and even folks like I saw articles being written, people saying, oh, you know, they're going to buy Meraki and shutter it just to like get rid of the competition. Right. Right. And yeah. to your point, I, you know, the, I, I think it really that was not at all the conversation that was being had by the, the senior leadership team at that time. And you can see that because of how we've taken what Meraki did and still does and and brought that into other areas of Cisco. And so mm-hmm. I think over time, we've seen that influence in a variety of places, right? In uh, 2017, I think it was, we introduced the Catalyst 9000 products and alongside them, we introduced DNA Center, right? As mm-hmm. a new generation of on-prem management, separate from what we're doing with Meraki in the cloud, but influenced in a lot of ways from just a, a UI and UX perspective, I think by Meraki. We've seen it with Intersight in the compute world. We've seen it, you know, with some of the other acquisitions that we've done, like Umbrella, right? What used right. to be OpenDNS. Yep. So I think we've seen that influence over time. 
and really, you know, there's been a lot more of that focus across the board at Cisco over the last five to 10 years on the experience, which is a really, really healthy thing. And I think a lot of our customers want, but I think what we've been seeing for, you know, almost since I would say since the acquisition, but we've really been seeing accelerate in the last few years is this idea of like, why do we have to choose, right? Mm. Why do we have to choose between the, you know, the catalyst platforms that we know and we love and we trust and this Meraki management experience. Um, and that's kind of the biggest thing that I've been seeing a lot of in the last several years is customers and, and partners and everybody saying like, we don't want to have to choose, like right. give us the best of both, um, which has been a really interesting journey. Yeah. And that's something I've heard a lot as well from, from uh, our sales organization, which is that over time, there's just been more and more categories of customers who've been asking for what we do. And and maybe it even went beyond what we, we were initially focused on as an organization at Meraki, because you know, in the early days, we were very much thought of as the kind of small to mid-market player. I don't think anybody would, would uh, disagree with that. But what's happened is that there's just been this pull from the enterprise side of, hey, we, we actually really like this approach. We like this philosophy. Uh, so give us more, right? And that's, that's I, I think it's very interesting. It's also interesting to hear you talk about the influence on some of the other uh, management platforms that uh, that have been coming out over the over the recent years, because I think that's one of the interesting um, things to reflect on, is that uh, Meraki has kind of carried on doing its own thing in some respects for quite some time, but there's been having some influence on uh, on the broader direction uh, that Cisco is taking. So I think I think that leads us very nicely into talking about what we are coming to now and the main sort of topic for this episode, uh, which is this recent announcement. And you, you touched on it around, you know, around cloud management and monitoring. So let's just spell it out. Uh, no more suspense here. What have we actually announced? So there, there are a few pieces to this. And I'm going to try to go through them kind of one by one because it is a lot of information to absorb. So I'll try to keep this as, as simple as possible. Um, the, the overall concept, before I get into some of the technical details of what we actually have announced and released, is again, that idea of like, why do we have to choose, right? Addressing that question and saying, well, you shouldn't have to choose. You should have the flexibility. We should provide you as Cisco, the option to consume these technologies and manage these technologies in the way that make the most sense. And critically, we shouldn't require you to change out hardware in order to do that. That's probably the biggest underlying principle of this new kind of set of announcements. Mm -hmm. um, historically, as listeners probably know, the Meraki management platform, right? The Meraki dashboard was intrinsically tied to the Meraki hardware platforms. If you wanted to manage wireless from the Meraki dashboard, you had to buy Meraki MR access points. If you wanted to manage WAN from the dashboard, you had to buy Meraki MX um, SD-WAN appliances, like things like that, right? right? The idea here is really to, to disconnect those things and abstract the management mm -hmm. from the hardware and say, you should be able to buy Catalyst hardware from Cisco that then you can choose to manage on-prem through tools like DNA Center, or you can choose to manage in the cloud with Meraki. Um, and so that's really the underlying concept. So in that vein, the, the three sort of things that we announced at Cisco Live are one, uh, the ability to take select Catalyst 9K switches and actually migrate them to what we call Meraki mode, meaning mm -hmm. that you take an existing Cat 9K switch that you have today and it effectively becomes a Meraki switch. You, you 
for lack of a better term, it's not quite this, but you flash the firmware more or less, right. and it becomes a Meraki switch, and it's now manageable from dashboard. So again, if, if you want to leverage that cloud management capability, you don't have to replace the hardware to do that. Mm -hmm. um, now that's starting, just to give a little bit of context and make sure folks know where we're at in this journey, that's starting with the 9300, the Catalyst 9300 platforms. We will be adding more platforms over time, but the 9300s will be migratable later this year. So that's piece one. Piece two is wireless. Um, and wireless, we're tackling a little bit differently. And there's a couple reasons for that. One being that wireless refresh cycles tend to be a lot shorter as new standards come out. Mm -hmm. like folks hold on to switches forever. Right, true. But generally, people refresh wireless a little bit quicker. But also, there are, there are hardware and software considerations at play. And so the, the approach we took with wireless was instead of going back to the existing platforms and saying, OK, we're going to have you migrate these to Meraki mode, um, we're actually releasing new hardware platforms for wireless. And mm. some of some of the folks who are listening may have seen some of the announcements around the new uh, Catalyst Wireless 916, 916X models, mm -hmm. the 9166, 64, 62 that we announced. Those are actually what I like to think of as dual boot effectively, meaning you can buy them in either Meraki mode or DNA mode. So they can run Meraki OS or iOS XE. Um, and if you need to change which mode they're running in in the future, you can do that as your needs change for your organization. So again, a little bit of a different strategy of instead of looking at the existing hardware and saying, we're going to take a software migration path mm -hmm. for wireless, it's the new APs coming from Cisco will all be these Catalyst APs that can be managed from either platform, as opposed to having two separate lines of the Catalyst APs and the MR APs. Um, wow. It's, now, it is a lot. Keep going, keep going. It is. Yeah, I was going to say, I can pause there for a minute if there's anything you want me to clarify before I get into the final piece of the strategy. Oh, I mean, so I, I think, I think, I mean, what you're doing clearly is setting out this journey concept. And I think, uh, I think we all just got to be rec recognizing that there's a lot, like there's a huge legacy out there. So inevitably, there have to be some some choices made at the beginning of that journey. But but this abstraction of management from hardware is really interesting. But please, please keep going. So the, the third piece, and my personal favorite, uh, and I'm very biased because this is something that I've worked on myself uh, quite a bit, along with the, the whole bunch of other folks throughout Cisco, is what we call cloud monitoring. Um, so the first two pieces I mentioned are part of sort of the cloud management strategy, right? Mm -hmm. You're fully bringing these into the dashboard. You're managing them from the dashboard as if they were a Meraki device. Cloud monitoring is a little bit different. Cloud monitoring allows you to take a device that is still running iOS XE. It's still a DNA mode device, is sort mm -hmm. of the terminology we use. Um, but you're now able to connect it to the Meraki dashboard and get telemetry, do some troubleshooting. You're able to monitor it from the cloud, right, right. as the name would imply. Right. This is different from cloud management because you're not configuring from the cloud. You're not getting the full cloud management experience. Mm -hmm. But the idea here is if I have a Cat9K switch, or in the future, uh, wireless access point. We've started with switching. We're working on wireless as our, our kind of next big milestone. Um, and I don't want to give up the features of iOS XE. I don't want to give up command line. I'm not right. ready to do that, or it's not, you know, I'm not interested in doing that, but I still want to start getting value out of the cloud. I still want to use the Meraki dashboard platform. And that's where cloud monitoring really shines, is it gives you the ability to operationalize the monitoring and troubleshooting and sort of a you know incident response, like those pieces of the IT ecosystem in the cloud mm -hmm. without having to fully commit to cloud management and move off of iOS XE and lose your command line, all those things. So it, it really is sort of that middle ground um, that, again, gives that flexibility of, okay, if you want to manage it on-prem, if you want to manage it in the cloud, or if you want to manage it on-prem but still be able to get value from the cloud, mm -hmm. right? We've got all those angles covered. And uh, one of the points that I've heard somebody make, which I, which resonated with me, was that uh, 
in the case of switches, I mean, you said people just buy them and uh, they, they just run them forever if they can. Uh, to some degree, a lot of network engineers, I think, also default to uh, I'm not going to touch the configuration. So they, 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 they're going to build the thing, they're going to get their network running super sweetly, and then they're going to close the door on the comms room and, and just leave it alone. And uh, at that point, you could argue that uh, the ability to monitor it through a more attractive, perhaps easier to grok, uh, management inf interface like a, a GUI dashboard uh, is is just a sensible way to go at that point. Right? It's just going to be an easier to live with on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think one of the things that we have always extolled as virtue for the Meraki dashboard is that ease of monitoring for troubleshooting purposes, being able to just see more in front of you uh, than you can if you're looking on a command line interface, which inevitably you know restricts you to a specific command at one time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think that the core idea here is to, of all of these pieces, right, but I would say particularly of monitoring, is to take these Catalyst platforms and bring them into the Meraki dashboard experience, mm -hmm. right? Or another way to put it is extend the Meraki dashboard experience to these platforms. Right, right. And bring the same benefits that you get, right, that existing customers who use Meraki today get from that platform. Um, to your point around configuration versus monitoring, there's a really interesting stat that I heard from our API team recently that I'm going to steal from them and, and share here. Uh, our Meraki dashboard APIs, over 95% of all of the API calls made to the dashboard APIs are monitoring calls, <laughs> not configuration calls. So it just really reinforces right. that idea. Like people say, well, why, you know, it's just monitoring. Well, monitoring is a lot. Monitoring is a lot of the day-to-day -day operation of the network between right. monitoring, troubleshooting, you know, visibility. So we feel it's a really powerful capability to bring to these platforms while again, still retaining all the, the flexibility of iOS XE, the command line, all those things that customers have today. I think that's a very, very strong point. I mean, if you combine that 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 stat you just provided and you combine that with hey you've also got ios x, x ios xe uh to play with and to use to its full uh, full extent um below the hood uh, i mean you're talking about best of both worlds in some respects right exactly fantastic so i in fact apis was one of the things i was just going to check with you as well because uh, obviously we talked about command line uh with ios and we've talked about the gui of course um, what about APIs? Where do they fit in this picture? How do you see this evolution as we go from, you know, the, the command lines of the past, the dedicated command lines of the past to more of a programmatic approach? Yeah, I think one one of the interesting things about this this whole strategy is that it's not just about the dashboard. Like we have this tendency to really focus on the dashboard because it's it's you know, the most visible and the most obvious thing that we can point to and go, this is the core of the Meraki experience. But more and more, a ton of our customers, and by our customers, I mean, you know, Cisco's more generally, but even just speaking about the Meraki kind of customer base specifically, um, are interacting at least partially with their technology through APIs. Mm -hmm. And so by, by extending the dashboard experience to these products, we're not just bringing the dashboard piece of it, we're also bringing the APIs to it. And so one of the really interesting things that this brings is, you know, if you're if you're going with full management, if you're doing the full management migration, you get all the Meraki APIs that you would have for any other Meraki switch, AP, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but even with monitoring, a lot of those capabilities will just work because what we're doing is we're effectively, to, to peel the hood back just a little bit for some of our more technical audience members, um, we're effectively populating a lot of the same fields in our databases, right, for those mm -hmm. switches that we would for a native Meraki switch. So what that means is those API endpoints are getting that same data from those same database fields and it all just works. 
Now I will, I will say before the engineering team comes and hits me with a bat, you know, we do not at this point guarantee that every single API endpoint that exists for a Meraki switch will work exactly the same for a uh, monitored Catalyst switch. That's something we're actually doing some more testing and iteration on now. Um, but the general concept and certainly the, the vision is that we now have this central API point of presence in the cloud mm. where if you've got monitored Catalyst devices that are running iOS XE, you can send API calls to that one central cloud location and get information back about all of those monitored devices wherever they may be. The same, again, the same value you get out of cloud APIs with Meraki elsewhere. Right, right. And that always is, I mean, still to this day, I, I love that fact. I rediscover it every now and then, this convenience which I, frankly, it's so easy to take it for granted, but but having that convenience of being able to access all of this stuff from wherever you are, the cloud, of course, and and it's it's almost a done deal. We almost don't need to talk about it anymore. But I just love to refresh my memory because I remember when it wasn't like that, and you know it was it is so much easier to be able to to just access all of this stuff remotely. Um, I think one of the questions I was curious to ask you about, uh, as, and again because. I imagine many of our audience won't be as familiar with uh, tools like DNA Center. Uh, maybe if you could just give a sense of what that is and how that relates to uh, what we're doing now. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And I think this really comes back to that concept of, of flexibility and, and choice um, and giving our customers the, the choice to manage how they want to manage, mm -hmm. right, with the hardware that they um, that they trust. And so the, the way that DNA Center sort of fits into this is it's another tool in the tool belt. It's another management option that customers have. So if a customer wants to manage their devices from DNA Center, they can do that. If they want to manage them from the cloud, they can do that. Mm -hmm. For customers who you know want to manage via command line and monitor from the cloud, they can do that. So again, it comes back to it's just you have all these options available to you. And critically, as we talked about before, moving between these options doesn't require ripping and replacing your hardware. Um, right. Mm. And so I think that that's the really critical piece. And, and obviously we're going to continue to invest in both. We're going to keep investing in DNA center. We're going to keep investing in cloud. Like we want to have the best possible solution on-prem and in the cloud that customers can then choose between freely. And if their needs change over time, they can move between. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's actually now think about, we, we announced this, I mean, what is this now? A month ago? It's, it feels like it. It's coming up to a month. Right and about that. What's the feedback been like so far? So what, what are we hearing and, and how does it fit with what our expectations were as we went out to market with this? Uh, I mean, speaking from the product management perspective, and you and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording, it's, it's kind of the best feedback you could ask for because all the feedback has been, this is great, do more of it, or this mm -hmm. is great, do it faster. And as a PM, that's exactly what you want to hear, right? Like directionally, I think all the feedback has been super, super positive. Um, candidly, if I'm, you know, if I'm being totally honest, some of it's been like, "What took you so long?" Right. Which is yeah. Totally fine and fair. Um, but it's just, it's great to hear people saying, "Yes, this is what we want from Cisco." You know, please do more of this. Lots of great, you know, hey, we would love to see it do X. We would love to see it do Y, which is all valuable feedback for us to yeah. feed into the roadmap and the planning. And so we're we're really, you know, excited and, and grateful for. Kind of the response that we're getting and we're also really grateful for all the input and feedback we're getting from you know customers partners our sales teams within cisco mm -hmm. telling us hey if we could do this this would be really cool or this would be incredibly valuable for customers if we added this thing like that's all really great to hear so i think the the biggest pieces of feedback that i've heard are probably from two types of organizations um 
One is organizations who have some Meraki today and they have some Catalyst today, mm -hmm. and they're incredibly excited about being able to bring it all together into the dashboard, right? Even if it's just monitoring for some of those devices, it's still the whole architecture in dashboard and being able to move between those devices and see how they're connected and right. track clients between them, track traffic between them, right? All that is incredibly valuable operationally. And then the other one, to your point around DNA Center, you know, DNA Center is out there. We have a, a bunch of customers who are using DNA Center very happily today, but we also do have customers who are using Catalyst 9K products who don't have DNA Center. Mm -hmm. And those customers today are, you know, sort of, they're not getting the full benefit of everything that the Cat 9K products can do. Um, and so that's the other sort of type of organization I've heard a lot of great feedback from is customers who say, hey, we're either not ready to deploy DNA Center yet, or for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense in our particular organization. Now we have this native kind of cloud option for us to connect these devices to either manage or monitor them without having to deploy, right, something in order to do that. Um, so we we've definitely gone into the into some of the weeds of of what's been announced here, and as you said, it does take a little bit of explaining, but it's it all does make perfect sense. Um, but I think it really just it's it's for us to try to make sort of broader sense of this and to think about uh, how we're moving the whole story forward. It seems very clear to me that choice is a big big part of this. Uh, obviously, we have seen great success with this GUI based approach, and so we're still giving the choice to people if they don't want to use that, but it is clear that it's go the trend is continuing to go in that direction. And as you said, how cool to be just hearing people say, I love this, but you're missing this feature and, and please go and build this now. Uh, so that's, a, as you said, nice problem to have. We need to, uh, we need to do that. So it, that, that in some ways leads me on to my next question I had for you, which is, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, what do we do next? What are you What are you imagining? I'm I'm sure that you've got stuff you can't share on the podcast. That's fine. We don't talk about roadmap. We don't uh, We don't do that any more than we have to. Uh, but let's just maybe just paint a picture of uh, of what could be could be the, uh, the the direction for this to take. Yeah, I think the the blessing and the curse here is there are so many things we can do. There are so many different things that that we know will be valuable to customers, which is great. Kind of like what you were saying a moment ago about the feedback. It's a great problem to have that there are mm -hmm. almost just too many things we could do. And so a lot of the feedback we're getting now we're using to kind of refine that and determine what do we focus on first. I think from a cloud management perspective, the big focus is around two major things. Um, one is platform support, right? I mentioned we're, we're starting with a specific, you know, kind of set of switches, the 9300 switches right. for migration. We've got these new access points available that have the migration capability or the dual boot capability, um, but that's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things we're going to be working on is bringing those capabilities to more platforms, right? Both as we introduce new access points, as we go into further into 6E and into Wi-Fi 7 and beyond. And then on the switching side, adding that migration capability to more Catalyst 9K switches. So that's one piece of it. Um, the other piece sort of in parallel with that is the software side, right? We don't just want to say, hey, you can migrate these devices. We want to say, hey, we're able to support your use case mm -hmm. in on-prem or cloud-managed mode, right? In DNA mode or Meraki mode. And what that means is there's a lot of development work that we frankly need to do to bring feature and use case support to the Meraki software on some of these platforms so that it's not, what we don't want is for customers to have to choose based on what they can do. We want them to choose based on what they want to do, mm -hmm. right? How do they want to manage it and not be locked into a platform? Um, and so that's the other piece that sort of will be happening, you know, just ongoing in the background of this is us adding more and more capabilities to the Meraki mode kind of software right. so that we have that flexibility for customers. Now, when we look at monitoring, 
um, it's a little bit different. There's certainly a platform support aspect there as well. Uh, I touched on this earlier, but you know we've started with switching. So mm -hmm. initially monitoring right now, it's available today and it supports the 92, 93, and 9500 series uh, switches. We don't support the chassis switches, the 94, 9600 yet. Right. We don't support wireless yet. And obviously that yet is sort of load bearing there um, because those are things we do need to add. So yep. we're actively working now on getting wireless out as sort of our next platforms that'll be supported. We will be looking at the chassis switches as well. And then on the software side, there's sort of the, the world is our oyster to some degree. There's so many things we can add. And so mm -hmm. our, our focus will be around a couple of key areas. One is bringing parity with what we do with Meraki switches in terms of monitoring, because today it's not exactly the same experience. So there are features that we want to continue to add in order to say, okay, all the monitoring features that you get with Meraki switches are now available for Catalyst. Mm -hmm. We're not there yet, right. right? We're starting that journey. There's more work to be done. And then the other is there may be certain features and capabilities that specifically are valuable for customers who are using these switches as iOS XE monitored switches. So the, the primary goal is really to, you know, bring the Meraki, the existing Meraki experience to these platforms. Mm -hmm. But there may be areas where we branch out from that a little bit. And we've gotten some feedback about things that are sort of uniquely valuable to those types of customers. And so that's another thing that we're looking at. I, I like the way you set that out. It's, it's essentially, you can all imagine what's going to happen with this. Uh, right? It's, it's actually not too difficult to figure out what we're going to do. If we're being asked to simply produce more, to do more of it, then we're going to be focused on adding those capabilities and we're going to be focused on increasing the breadth of hardware that can support those capabilities. It makes perfect sense. I'm all on board, as you would expect. Um, so, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah it's kind of biased. Um, all right, so let's think about where people can go to learn a little bit more about this. I think, um, you know, as you said, it's a, it's a bit of a nuanced conversation, and and I think people's knowledge are obviously going to build up over time. Some people will just get this immediately because they just live steeped in this world. Other people are just hearing this for the first time. So uh, what's the best way, you would say, for them to get a little bit more educated, learn more, and maybe even take it for a spin? Yeah, I think there, there are a lot of great resources available, obviously, um, on Cisco.com and Meraki.Cisco.com. But in addition to that, what I would encourage folks to do, if you're interested in the cloud management pieces, either in switching or wireless, I would encourage people to reach out to, you know, if you have a partner you work with closely or reach out to your Cisco account team and ask them, right? Ask mm -hmm. them to help you get more familiar. Ask them to help you understand if this might be a fit for your organization. Um, on the monitoring side, the, the nice thing about monitoring is it's the way we think about it is it's additive, right? You're not right. losing anything. You're not really changing any of the capabilities you have today. You're just adding new stuff. And so the nice thing about monitoring is my recommendation, if you want to know more about monitoring, is go try it out. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a Meraki dashboard account today, you can go into the dashboard. You can go to either the network-wide add devices page and dashboard or the organization inventory page. And up at the top, there will be a to add Catalyst 9000 switches to your network click here. And that'll have you download an onboarding app and walk you through the whole process of getting those devices connected to dashboard. Um, so that's really what I would, what I would encourage folks to do is like, try it for yourself, mm -hmm. right? See what you can do and then give us the feedback, right? Either via the, oh, yes. the tools that exist in dashboard, via your account team, whatever. If there's something where you go, oh, this is cool, but it would, it would be incredibly valuable to us if it had this one thing, 
you know, tell us, please tell us. We want as much of that feedback as we can get. 100%. I couldn't agree with that last statement more. Please tell us, because I think, you know, that's how we go. We grow better. And, and for years and years and years, and it still exists in some form, we had this concept of the Make-A-Wish box on the Meraki dashboard. It still lives down there in the bottom right-hand corner, uh, providing you with that opportunity to provide feedback. And I think uh, my understanding from what I've seen is that uh, for those who go and try the cloud monitoring, there's actually a more sophisticated feedback tool available to them so that they can um, provide that feedback uh, directly to us as well. So uh, a lot of cool stuff for uh, for people to try out. And as you said, that's the best way to visualize. So uh, fantastic. I think we've done it all. Uh, we've, we've covered it all. I can't believe how fast the time's gone. Joe, thank you so much for uh, for taking part in our uh, conversation today. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Uh, what's, what's next for you? Oh, what's next for me is... Uh... To, to keep working on these projects, um, among other things. But I, I've really fallen in love with this as as a former network engineer myself, you know, before I went to the dark side and, and joined a vendor. Um, <laughs> you know, I really love what we're doing here. And so I'm really excited to kind of continue to be involved in the next stages of this strategy. So yeah. that's that's what's next for me is just do it more, do it faster, like we said. I think that's why you and I have both here, been here for so long because it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting journey and it certainly isn't over yet, as we've just heard. All right. Thanks a lot, Joe. Been great to have you with us. And uh, all of you, thank you again for tuning in to the Meraki Unbox podcast. As I said, it's every two weeks. So do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, we're across multiple platforms. So probability is if you open up your favorite podcast app, do a search for Meraki Unbox, you'll find it there. Hit that subscribe button and then you'll be getting those episodes as soon as they're released every other Wednesday. Uh, so with that, it's time to wrap things up. Thanks very much again for joining us. And we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. I just said that. I've just said it again. I really mean it. Have a great day. Bye-bye for now.